All right. Recently, I was, I was chastised by uh, a couple of our focus missionaries for my complete lack of familiarity with the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, this, this series of superhero movies which has been made, uh, which has been produced over the past decade. Chastised is a little bit of an exaggeration, but, but they're not here to defend themselves. Um, <laughs> But being as I am a college chaplain, I, I took it upon myself to begin to try and watch these movies, and there is a lot of them. It turns out there's, there's at least 23. But you don't make 23 movies if they're not financially successful, and these are, are some of the highest grossing movies ever. And so they got me thinking, why are they so popular? What is it about these movies that gets people to come to the movie theaters at a time when Movie theaters are struggling. I'm sure there's lots of reasons or lots of answers, potential answers to that question, but I do think one potential one is that the basic message of a superhero movie is we need a savior. And you think of it, your average superhero movie, humanity faces some evil, some problem, usually a supervillain that we can't tackle by our own efforts alone. Uh, so we don't just need a savior, but we need a savior who has a capacity that's beyond the merely human. That might be the kernel of truth that's in these superhero movies, the basic drama we all instinctively recognize is true. That left to our own devices, we're simply unable to overcome the problem of human history, sin, suffering, and death. Thankfully, we really do have a Savior, Jesus Christ, who is both fully human, like us in all things but sin, yet at the same time fully God, meaning he's all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving. He's infinitely greater and more powerful than any superhero we could imagine. Yet there are a couple of key differences, and the first one being that with Christ, appearances can be deceiving. And here's what I mean by that. A superhero looks the part Christ does not necessarily look the part of a Savior. You know, even though he is fully God, even though he is God incarnate, to all outward appearances he seemed merely the carpenter's son from Nazareth. And then, again, think of how he saves us, redeems us. It's very different than how a superhero saves the world. You know, a superhero saves the world in a very conventional fashion by by some showdown with the supervillain and overcoming him, typically. Christ, though, conquers sin, death, and the devil by humbling himself, by becoming obedient unto death, even unto death on a cross, by embracing this physically torturous passion in a publicly shameful death on a cross, a death that, to all outward appearances, looks to be the very antithesis of a victory, looks to be the very epitome of a crushing defeat, yet by the mysterious power of God becomes the greatest of victories, a, a triumphant victory by which sin, death, and the devil are conquered. You know, you might be asking, why am I talking about superheroes and, the, and how appearances are deceiving when our gospel's about the transfiguration? And the reason is this. This gospel is taken from Matthew 17. In Matthew 16, Jesus asks the apostles, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you're the Christ, 
You're the uh, son of the living God. Peter says, you are this Messiah, this Savior that we've long waited for. And more than that, you're God in the flesh, crazy as that sounds. But then Jesus goes on to predict his passion, the counterintuitive way that he would go about saving and redeeming us. And even though he's plainly told them he is going to go to Jerusalem, suffer greatly, die, be killed, and rise on the third day, he knows that Good Friday, in the three days he's in the tomb, is going to push the apostles' faith to the brink of despair. And it's going to test them um, to the max. And so to strengthen them for this trial that is the Passion, he takes Peter, James, and John up the mountain, uh, up Mount Tabor, and he's transfigured before them. He momentarily lifts the veil and shows them a visible proof of his divinity so that they might be strengthened and sustained when they see him in humiliation and suffering on the cross. In preparation for the Passion, Jesus gives the apostles a small glimpse of his glory to teach them and to teach all of us that the cross and glory are intimately connected, that they go hand in hand. And they go hand in hand, not just in terms of Christ's passion, but the cross and glory go hand in hand in regards to the entire Christian life. For when Jesus revealed his passion, he also told his apostles, if they want to come after him, they too, and all of us, if we want to come after him, we too must pick up our cross daily and follow him. No cross, no crown, as the saying goes. Now, while we might not be blessed to experience the glory of the Lord this side of heaven as Peter, James, and John did, even still in the Eucharist, we do get to receive the exact same Jesus, Christ our Lord, body, blood, soul, and divinity, really, truly, and substantially present under the appearances of bread and wine. The same Jesus who was transfigured on Tabor in a matter of minutes will be trans, uh, will be be on this altar under the appearance of bread and wine. And he gives himself to us in the Eucharist for the same reason he took Peter, James, and John up the mountain, to strengthen us, to strengthen us for the pilgrimage that is the Christian life, to strengthen us for the trials that we will all have to face, to strengthen us so that we can endure those trials and arrive at the glory that he's created us for so that one day we will see him as he is, so that one day we will be like him. We will be transformed into the likeness of him. The truth is we need a savior. We need a savior because we face an enemy we can't overcome by our own efforts. And we have a savior. Even if he doesn't look like the so-called superheroes dressed in colorful costumes, even if when it comes to our savior, appearances can be deceiving. For he saves us by humbling himself unto death on a cross. And he makes himself available to us daily in the Eucharist under the appearance of bread and wine. In the Eucharist, as in the Incarnation, his divine glory is veiled. Yet, nonetheless, it is real and present. And he gives himself to us in the Eucharist to strengthen us, to endure the crosses of this life, the cross which goes hand in hand, with the glory he has in store for those who love him. 
So this Lent, let's resolve to receive our Savior in the Eucharist often so that he can strengthen us to persevere along the pilgrimage that is the Christian life, to persevere until the day when we enjoy the consolation of the eternal Tabor of heaven.